Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. What is the greatest threat facing the United States today, both nationally and domestically? Well, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is going to be our guest today to discuss that, to share with us his fears, the things that keep him up at night as a guy who ran the not only the, the uh, Department uh, of, of, the, of the State for the government, federal government, but also the CIA. What keeps him up at night? Mike Pompeo is going to share that with us today in this hour on the program. Praise be to God. Also, we're also going to talk with Deacon Nick Donnelly. We've had him on in the past. We're excited to have him back uh, of Twitter fame, so to speak. Um, He speaks often about the faith and the church scandals and, and just remaining faithful to Holy Mother Church. Well, we're going to have a conversation about the English martyrs. And I'm curious about England to know, uh, what its future might hold. This was a country that used to be fervently Catholic, fervently Christian. Today, not only is it really technically not even a Christian country, it's very agnostic and atheist. I mean, it probably rivals Japan in that. Uh, they're, they're like having an arm wrestling match over who can be more agnostic, more atheist, uh, the United Kingdom or uh, Japan. So what what was it about the English martyrs that was both heroic and inspiring, but also not successful? I want to have that conversation with Deke, Deacon Nick Donnelly today on the program. So it's going to be a jam-packed show today. Hopefully and prayerfully, you can join us for all or part of it. And don't forget, you can always hang out with us right on our webpage at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt jam-packed hour good morning to you janelle good morning joe praise be to god it's good to see you it's very good to see everyone here in the studio as well well we're gonna have a great show today looking forward to that oh yes totally um, looking forward to it now the last time deacon nick was on were you here i do not believe so well it's gonna be a good show nonetheless i'm yeah. looking forward to it yeah praise be to god so uh i think uh adrian fonsic is here on the ones and twos good morning to you, adrian Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Now, we, we recorded the Mike Pompeo conversation last week we uh, did. during an after show. So it's a pre-record. But do we have the video today as well as the we audio? We do have the video today and uh, a little sneak peek about this. So we only have about 18 minutes, 19 minutes of uh, time to play the interview today. But we have about 23, 24 minutes worth of content from uh, Mike Pompeo. So if you want to see the full interview, we'll be releasing that today after the show is over. But we'll be showing about 19, 18 minutes of the interview today. All right. Well, there you go. It pays to be a CDT insider, by the way. And that means being on our email list, which, by the way, we're going to be starting a text uh, list as well, because a lot of people are saying, hey, we're not getting the notifications when you're going live or when you're releasing your content. So for those that want to be in the, on that list, we're going to make that possible through our email list, which, by the way, we send out exclusive content just to the email list every single week. And you can get on that by texting the letters GRN to the number 42828. Just text GRN to 42828. Or just go to our website. You can sign up to our email list there at uh, 
grnonline.com forward slash CDT. All right, we're going to jump into the show. So much to get to today. We're looking forward to it. Deacon Nick Donnelly is coming up. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is coming up. Let's pray for your intentions. Let's uh, include those that are going to be facing eternity today. And for those who have passed, may God rest their souls. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Looking at the headlines today, Chicago weekend shootings leave at least five dead and 77 wounded. South Africa court jails ex-leader Zuma for 15 months after inquiry no-show. From the church militant, church bomb blast wounds two in Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo. Muslims believed to be responsible. A makeshift bomb exploded inside a Catholic church in the city of Beni in the Democratic Republic of the Congo's conflict-plagued East on Sunday, injuring two women just an hour before a children's confirmation ceremony was due to be held. The attack marks the first time a Catholic building has been targeted in the region, which has been declared a state of siege due to rising violence from the Allied Democratic Forces militia accused of killing thousands. From the Epic Times, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China, company CEO says. Nike's chief executive said that the corporation is a brand that is of China, amid recent allegations of the company being connected to human rights violations conducted by the Chinese Communist Party. Nike is a brand that is of China and for China, CEO John Donahoe told Wall Street analysts analysts last week in a response to a question about competition from Chinese companies during a call about fourth quarter earnings. We've always taken a long-term view. We've been in China for over 40 years, Donahoe said, expressing his optimism that the brand will continue to grow quickly in the world's most populous country. Nike was recently criticized by a U.S. senator for turning a blind eye to allegations of forced labor in China arguing that they're making American consumers complicit in Beijing's repressive policies. Speaking at a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing on China's repression of Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities in its western region, Senator Marco Rubio said that many U.S. companies haven't woken up to the fact that they were profiting from the Chinese government's abuses. For far too long, companies like Nike, Apple, Amazon, and Coca-Cola were using forced labor, they were benefiting from forced labor or su- sourcing from suppliers that were suspected of using forced labor, Rubio said on June 10th. These companies sadly were making all of us complicit in these crimes. Rights groups, researchers, former residents, and some Western lawmakers say that Xinjiang's authorities have facilitated forced labor by arbitrarily detaining around 1 million Uyghurs and other primarily Muslim minorities in a network of camps since 2016. Sophie Richardson, China Director for Human Rights Watch, told the Senate panel that Beijing's extreme repression and surveillance made human rights due diligence impossible for companies. Nike officials didn't respond to a request for comments by press time. From Reuters, Tigray's former rulers back in Mikkel. Ethiopian government declares ceasefire. 
The former rulers of Ethiopia's Tigray region said on Monday they were back in control of the regional capital Mikkel after nearly eight months of fighting. And the government which ousted them declared a unilateral ceasefire with immediate effect. Residents in downtown Mikkel reported seeing rebel troops in the city for the first time since they were driven out by government forces in November. And several described scenes of jubilation in the streets. The developments mark a dramatic turn in a conflict that has killed thousands of people, displaced more than two million, and pushed hundreds of thousands to the brink of famine. They followed recent reports of an escalation in fighting between government troops and Tigray's former governing party, the Tigray People's Liberation Front, outside Mikkel. Ethiopia's government said that it was declaring a ceasefire following a request from an interim regional administration in Tigray, which Edis Ababa appointed after ousting TP. LF forces. This unilateral ceasefire declaration starts today from June 28, 2021, and will stay until the farming season ends, the federal government said in a statement late on Monday. Ethiopia's main planting season lasts from May to September. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for Tuesday, June 29th. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Hema of Gurk. Uh, these are Austrian names. It's going to be fun and he she was born in 980 in Frischach Karton, Austria and is born to the nobility and a relative of Emperor St. Henry II she was a countess of Zellschach and was educated in the court of Henry II where she was a lady in waiting to St. Kungundis she was, she was married to Blessed William of San in the Diocese of Gurk, Austria. It was an arranged marriage, but a very happy one. She was the mother of two, William and Hartwig, both of whom were murdered by the miners they were supervising when they planned to execute one of the workers. The parents turned to prayer as a way to deal with their grief. Blessed William died returning from pilgrimage to Rome, Italy. Widowed and childless, Hema withdrew from society, spending her life in fortune and charity and to found Benedictine houses, including the double monastery of Gurk Abbey in Carthia, Austria in 1043, where she retired. She may have become a nun, but records are unclear. She died on the 29th of June 1045 in Gurk Carnton, Austria of natural causes, and was canonized on the 5th of January 1938 by Pope Pius XI. Blessed Hema of Gurk, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, other Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. 
praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is uh, one of my favorite passages of all time, I have to say. Uh, and today being the feast day of St. Peter and Paul, this is part of the reason why we're looking at this passage, uh, because it talks about the, the great authority that Jesus gave to Peter. And there's so much fruit here. There's so much to dive into here, which we will only be able to touch upon today. But thanks to verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously sponsoring our program, making it easy for us to dive deep into sacred scripture very quickly, especially to look at the early church fathers. But looking at the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible today, it really points out what one of the aspects I love of this passage, this sort of tit-for-tat type of exchange between Jesus and Peter. You know, Peter calling uh, our Lord the Son of the living God. Peter proclaims the mystery of Christ's divinity as the head and spokesman of the church. Peter sees Jesus as the awaited King and Messiah of Israel. On Jesus' part of that conversation, he says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Now, Jesus blesses Peter. This is according to the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. Jesus blesses Peter and elevates him to be the chief patriarch of the new covenant. He has uh, this new role, obviously gives him a new name. Now, this, this evokes several very cool things. One, Jonah. We were reminded of the prophet Jonah, which we are told that Jesus is the perfection of, the, of what Jonah brought to us in the Old Testament. Jesus spends three days in the belly of the earth and is resurrected on the third day, right? Well, we see that role for Jesus. What does that mean for Peter? Well, according to the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, this might, main, uh, this might mean that there's a very unique relationship between Jesus and Peter. Uh, I find this very fascinating. But to move on, because of time, I really liked the parallels between Peter and Abraham. Number one, both are blessed by God. Both respond with heroic faith. Both receive a divine mission. Both have their names changed. Both are called a rock. And both are assured victory over the gate of their enemies. Very, very fascinating. Peter becoming the new Abraham in the new covenant. But there's so much more. Look at the church that's being built. Now, look at Caesarea Philippi, this city that's dedicated to the to the Caesar in Rome and to his cult. Jesus takes his apostles to this rock, this barefaced rock, and on this rock is built a pagan temple. And this is the location where he makes this proclamation that he will build his church upon the rock of St. Peter and give to him the keys of the keys of the new minister of the, of the kingdom of David, just like in Isaiah 22. There's so much that could be said here, so much information, even among the early church fathers, even St. Anselm. It's so good, you ought to dive deep into it. But that is going to have to do it for the Gospel Reflection today. We're going to go to break, we're going to come back, and Deacon Nick Donnelly from England's going to be on. We're going to talk about England and the martyrs. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects homebuyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. 
So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is going to be on the program. We're going to discuss some of his greatest fears internationally and domestically for the United States. What would keep up at night the man who used to run the CIA, the man who used to run the uh, Secretary of State, or was the Secretary of State, what would cause him to uh, have anxiety and fear for our country? He shares that in the conversation, and we're going to be conversating about that. Plus, uh, how hard is it to be a Christian in American politics today? We also had that conversation. So, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is on the way. Joining us right now via Zoom chat, returning to the program is Deacon Nick Donnelly. He is a deacon in in England, and we wanted to have a conversation about England, a a country, a kingdom that used to be considered Christian. Uh, We all know, we all know the story of King Henry VIII separating England from uh, the papacy in Rome, and then the rest, as they say, is history. Good morning to you, Deacon Nick Donnelly. Morning, Joe. Good to be back. Praise be to God. Um, I particularly love the 16th century uh, stories of uh, the martyrs in England. Um, you know, the uh, the hunted priest is one of my favorite books. Or Evelyn Waugh's uh, Edmund Campion is fantastic. It's a page turner. And uh, I like to uh, talk about the stories of the saints. Yesterday, we had a uh, English martyr uh, on the program as part of the Saint of the Day. One of the questions in my mind is. They, they were so heroic, they were so courageous, even facing such gruesome deaths, yet they seem to be unsuccessful in the long term. Tell me about that. Uh, yes, Joe, I, I think um, thinking about it is that the, the British government, the monarchy, the politicians, they were determined to exterminate the Catholic Church uh, over 250 years, and, and they were very persistent and relentless in that policy. So the, they set up a number of laws which made um, England incredibly hostile for the Catholic faith. You know, I, it, what kills me, though, is the seed of the, the blood of the martyrs, the seed of the church. Was there, a, do you believe that the martyrs, um, mostly Jesuit run, do you think that their strategy was maybe part of the problem. Do you think that the top-down, they were trying to convert the wealthiest, the most connected nobles uh, of the day, transforming their houses into uh, Catholic centers, then all of the, the, the servants and the staff, and then their families? That seemed to have a great success, but do you think it fostered sort of a, a confidence that they probably got them in more trouble than they, they needed to be in? Um, I think it was the only option they had at the time. Um it was um, punishable by death to um, shelter a Catholic priest. 
So the, the, the missionary priests from the seminaries in Europe, in, from Douai and Reims, they had to go to mostly remote manor houses. Um, there, there just wasn't um, a place for them to, to, to hide, to, to be protected in the, the main city like London. Um, basically, that, that was the hand that they were dealt. Um, so they moved to Cumbria and Lancashire and Yorkshire, uh, which was remote from the centers of center of power in London. You know, uh, I've been uh, reading recently the the Tradivox series uh, that we interviewed uh, months ago, back whenever the show was first starting. And in this uh, series, it's a collection of old catechisms that have been published in English. So a lot of them are from the English bishops that were being uh, persecuted by the Anglican Church. And uh, I've been recently been reading them, and they are amazing. And I just was over overwhelmed with a sense of awe of the way that they would they kept the faith and they hid the faith for so long. It reminds me a lot of of the uh, Catholic Church in Japan. Um, yet, and except in in England, you had a veneer of the faith there. Uh, how does that relate to what we see today? And how can uh, are people receiving the faith uh, in England and in, in the UK? Uh, I, I think before the Second Vatican Council, um, every Catholic in this country knew they owed everything to the martyrs and their handing on the faith. Um, so, for example, um, every year there used to be a procession of Catholics. Tens of thousands of Catholics used to go along the route in London to Tyburn, where the, the martyrs were executed and they used to close off the roads and tens of thousands of Catholics used to kneel down before Tyburn Convent. A bishop used to come out and then bless them with a monstrance. After Vatican II, the bishops took a conscious, made a conscious effort to stop those processions mm. in the name of ecumenism. And I, I think that's indicative of like there was a, a break, a rupture with that passion for the faith that the martyrs handed on. Hmm. And that reminds me of something that happened recently. The Church of England uh, put out this post on the feast of St. Thomas or St. John Henry Fisher uh, and was saying, oh, great, we uh, honor the martyr of Thomas More and John Fisher on this day. And I thought it was the strangest thing for the Church of England to be promoting uh, the the two Catholic martyrs that they put to death, um, what did what did what was it like over in the UK when that happened? We've noticed this for a, you know for a couple of years. Is it's like there's an appropriation of the English martyrs by the Church of England, as if they're claiming a continuity with the Catholic Church that existed before Henry Tudor and Elizabeth Tudor. So if you go into an Anglican cathedral, you'll see a list of all the bishops. And it, like in Canterbury, it goes all the way to, you know, from St. Augustine of Canterbury up to the current um, archbishop, as if there was no break in the middle. So th this is something that we've noticed for, for years now. <laughs> yeah, that's very strange. And we everybody knows about Thomas More and John Fisher. What are some of the other English martyrs uh, that we can learn from, especially in times like... We, we live in a post-Christian society where there's a veneer of Christianity all over the world, yet in reality, we, we're, not, we're not having the faith. I'm inspired by um, St. John Horton. Um, he was the prior of Charterhouse, the, the London Charterhouse, and uh, uh, he and uh, two other priors um, were the first English martyrs. They were executed in 1535. And Thomas More 
looking out from his uh, window of his cell in the Tower of London, um, he saw them being dragged on hurdles to their place of execution. And he said they were like bridegrooms going for their wedding. Wow. And it's their sense of joy facing martyrdom that witness remember martyrdom is witnessing to the faith mm. their sense of joy in witnessing to the faith um and the other saint who um she was later on during the elizabethan period um it's saint anne line she was um arrested for sheltering a priest um and she was um one of the few women that was executed when she was standing on the scaffold at tyburn she defied the crowd and said with all her soul, she wished she'd sheltered a thousand priests. Wow. <laughs> so joy and defiance is the, the message I get from the martyrs. We're talking, we're talking with Deacon Nick Donnelly from England. Um, you can find him on uh, Twitter, Protect the Faith. Uh, Deacon Nick, we have about, uh, I don't know, five minutes or so left with you. Do you think it's possible for England to return to a Christian identity, or is it so far gone uh, number one. Number two, uh, what about the Catholic movement in England? Is it growing? Is it the personal ordinariate uh, of the Anglicans coming into the Catholic faith, or is it the traditional Catholic faith that's helping this? What say you, Deacon Nick Donnelly? Um, I'd say that we're really are going, the English country has really gone down the path of agnosticism and atheism to the point where it, it seems like we need a miracle to restore the faith. But I always remember this passage of Scripture that Pope John Paul re- recommended to all the people of England and to all Europeans, which was from Revelation 3.2, where he said, wake up and strengthen that which is on the point of death. So I think we have to have that passion. Um, and yes, I, I've been to uh, Mass with the Ordinaria. I, I think they're a great gift that Pope Benedict XVI gave the church. They're a great source of hope. I've got friends in the Ordinaria. They're so passionate about the faith and handing on the fullness of the faith. And and the, the traditional Latin mass, that community is growing all the time. For instance, in the city near us at Preston, there's a fa- families, young families are moving so they can go t- to St. Warburg's church to have the, the mass uh, in Latin every Sunday ju- ju- and during the week. So these are all signs of, little signs of hope in the face of a massive tsunami of atheism. You know, it's fascinating to me Thinking about England and Scotland and and Wales, I mean, in Scotland, there's still a sort of a celebration of the separation between, uh, you know, the church and and the Christians there on the island, um, and yet Scotland's been known to be more agnostic and atheist, even I think before London. You know, it just they seem to have lost their way. And even in Ireland today, look at Ireland. Mm-hmm. Underground masses are being said. Uh, mm-hmm. Are the Irish scandalized that they've practically lost? the mass during this past year year and a half it doesn't seem like in mass that the people of ireland are how tragic is that for someone who who has uh, lived your entire life in england uh, it's shocking i mean at, at one stage we were thinking of moving to ireland because we wanted to go into a catholic country oh, wow wow but we're, we're, we're so glad that we're we're in england i mean that shows you how bad things have gone in ireland <laughs> If things are better in England than in Ireland, that's a bad sign for the rest of us. Mm. Uh, totally. What do you? What would you say? It, it will. There need to be more bloodshed. Uh, God forbid. Would there need to be more bloodshed of martyrs in England in order to restore this country? What we really need is is 
bishops who are prepared to stand up and proclaim the fullness of the faith. And uh, uh, one of my, my former bishop, Bishop Patrick O'Donoghue, he was prepared to do that. He insisted that Catholic schools have crucifixes in every classroom, that they reject safe sex ideology. And because of that, he got called before a select committee of the House of Commons. Mm. Uh, this was in 2008. He was the first English bishop to get called before <laughs> the House of Commons. And all he did was say, let's have crucifixes in every classroom. Let's teach the fullness of the Catholic faith. Let's not have speakers in our schools who go against the Catholic teaching. Wow. Uh, we have about a minute and a half left. And Deacon, I just wanted to ask you to leave us with uh, some advice from the across the pond. Because, you know, what happens in England is usually what's going to happen in the U.S. just a few years later. Uh, so what, what can we learn in America from the English martyrs and what can we be looking forward to? What the English martyrs, uh, they say to us, where is your treasure? Where is your heart? Our hearts have to be in heaven. We can't have a divided heart between the world and heaven. And also they teach us that the greatest enemy are apostate Catholics who pretend that they're Catholic, but actually in their hearts, they're just totally worldly and they've rejected the faith and Christ because they undermine the whole church. They have to be challenged. Wow. Deacon Nick Donnelly uh, from At Protect the Faith on Twitter. We're very grateful for your time today. And the Church of the Martyrs in England have always been a, a heroic inspiration for me personally. I know for so many others. And mm-hmm. I, I pray someday, someday that, uh, you know, the country of my ancestors, uh, both sides of my family come from Scotland and England. I pray someday that they will return to the faith. But God bless you, Deacon Nick Donnelly. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for your prayers. All right. We are praying. Praying for all those today that are suffering persecution and uh, martyrdom especially, but uh, for the conversion of so many sinners and lost souls. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to have breaking news and stories. And then, of course, we're going to have a conversation with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Join us. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Hopes fade for scores missing under Florida condo rubble as search enters sixth day. 
At least 11 people killed and another 150 missing and feared dead. Etrian forces no longer visible in Ethiopian town of Shire. U.S. forces come under fire in Syria following airstrikes against Iran-backed militia. Australia tightens lockdown amid Delta virus outbreak, vaccine chaos. Vatican confirms Polish investigation. Gatekeeper to Pope John Paul II was probed. Pro-censorship group censored. Right-wing watch banned from YouTube. South Dakota and Iowa to send law enforcement officers to southern border. House passes bills to boast science competitiveness against China. Musicians and broadcasters battle in Congress over radio royalties. In San Francisco, coronavirus vaccine will be mandatory for all 35,000 city employees once it receives full FDA approval. Pelosi proposes resolution to create select committee to probe January 6th capital breach. Scientists obfuscated source of COVID-19-like virus stored at Wuhan lab. Debates arise over Florida bill mandating assessment surveys for colleges and universities. Olympian athlete turns away from flag as anthem played, claims song's timing was a setup. Beijing weaponizes healthcare and mobile apps to target individuals. Make-A-Wish says no to unvaccinated kids, then backs down in response to severe backlash. Miami-Dade mayor orders audit of all buildings more than 40 years old after collapse. Family farmers struggling to keep up with demand in Missouri. Los Angeles health officials call for indoor mask wearing regardless of vaccination over spread of Delta variant. NFL declares, quote, football is gay, football is lesbian, football is beautiful, end quote. And monstrance stolen from New York Catholic Church. Reported by Reuters, Google takes down maps targeting hundreds of ties accused of opposing King. Google took down two Google Map documents on Monday that had listed the names and addresses of hundreds of Thai activists who were accused by royalists of opposing the monarchy. Thai royalist activist Sangklaad Pukem Chu N. Chu Paul Ted told Reuters he and a team of 80 volunteers had created the maps and planned to report everyone named on them to police on accusations of insulting the monarchy. A spokesperson for Alphabet Googles said by email, the issue is now fixed and noted, we have clear policies about what's acceptable for user-generated MyMaps content. We remove user-generated maps that violate our policies. A version of one of the maps seen by Reuters included the names and addresses of nearly 500 people, many of them students together with their photos in university or high school uniforms. It received over 350,000 views. The faces of those named have been covered by black squares with the number 1212, in reference to the article under the country's criminal code, which makes insulting or defaming the monarchy punishable by up to 15 years in prison. Neither map could be accessed when Reuters tried to open them up late on Monday. Songclaude said that he and a team of volunteers sought to highlight those they accused of breaking the law. When each of us sees something offensive posted on social media, we put it on the map, he said. Describing it as a psychological warfare operation, Songclaude said that the aim was to dissuade people from online criticism of the monarchy. Youth-led protests that began last year brought unprecedented criticism of the monarchy and calls for its reform both on the streets and online. Human rights groups and critics of the establishment said that the maps included the private data and addresses of hundreds of people and could put them at risk of violence. 
I started to get panicked messages from young people in Thailand who had been doxxed in a royalist document on Google Maps, accusing them of being anti-monarchy, said Andrew McGregor Marshall, a Scotland-based critic of the monarchy and one of the earliest to highlight the existence of the maps. It's clear that young Thai people who just want democracy are facing worsening risks. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Tuesday. Good morning to you, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Thank you for your time today. It's great to be with you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, praise be to God. Uh, there's so many things to discuss uh, with someone uh, of your caliber and your level. We're very grateful that you're on with us today. Let's start with uh, the rising tensions with China and with Russia. It seems to me that uh, things are elevating in these days. Do you see that? I know you, you've seen things at a level most human beings will never see at. Uh, Secretary of State, former, uh, you led the CIA, you're an Army officer, West Point. You've got a lot of uh, great background there. How do you see the geopolitics and the world stage from an American perspective? Well, your point is well taken. However, I think we need to separate out the threat that is presented to average everyday Americans from Russia and from China. Uh, we, we defeated the Soviet Union. The, the Russian economy is not that big. They still have a thousand nuclear warheads. And Vladimir Putin is someone who is prepared to engage in bad conduct. We saw it with uh, what, what they've done in Ukraine. We've seen it, what they've done to the six million people who had to flee in Syria, denying them their basic human dignities. We've watched from Russian soil attack on a, on a colonial pipeline. Preventing us from moving gas up and down our east coast. So, uh, make no mistake, Vladimir Putin needs to be dealt with. We need to confront him. We need to deter him. But the challenge of uh, our lifetimes is the Chinese Communist Party. The, the Chinese Communist Party presents the only threat to the United States of America from outside of the country that can truly change our way of life and has both the capability and the intent of doing so. And so, Yes, I, I, I wouldn't say tensions are rising because the Chinese Communist Party has been at war with the American worker for 20-plus years now. Uh, we need to confront them. We need to impose costs on them. We, we need to prevent them from spying on us here inside of the United States. We need to preserve the capacity for uh, products to move around in the Pacific and Indian Oceans. Those are things that are really important for everyone here in the United States, whether we live in an agricultural place like Kansas, where I'm from, or a more urban place like New York City, the Chinese Communist Party has the intention of making America look a lot more like their model, the authoritarian, tyrannical, absence of rights-respecting model that they have, and we can't let that happen. So... With let's go back to Russia for a moment and the the ransom attacks on corporations that we're seeing now is becoming more and more commonplace. Are we as a gov? Are we as a people? Is our government doing anything to try to prevent this? To get to the bottom line? To prosecute? To hold people accountable? Uh, what is in fact going on behind the scenes? Oh yes, there certainly is. There's there's lots of work. This is an incredibly challenging problem. It is really cheap, it really inexpensive to use cyber tools to attack others. Offense is easier to play than defense. But it's clearly the case. The United States government is doing an awful lot. So is the private sector. I've watched, I watched the financial industry. I watched the energy industry. Uh, all of these critical infrastructure industries are working really hard to protect their systems. But in the end, these are attacks from foreigners on sovereign soil in the United States. The responsibility to protect these systems, our infrastructure systems, 
our high threat systems to protect them, the responsibility of the United States government. So there are lots of things that are being done. What I regret that this administration hasn't followed through on that we did in the Trump administration is we began to build out a model that would impose real costs on those actors and those who support them. So it's not enough to go after the 10 criminal gangsters or the group of hackers that decides they want to do something that's malicious or maybe try and raise $100,000 or a million dollars in a ransom effort. And that we, we must go after them. We must try to prosecute them when we can get them to American soil. All those things matter. But we've got to impose costs on those who enable them and permit them to operate from their soil. I'm told that this last attack on the colonial pipeline system was from Russia. We've seen Russian attacks before. But we've also seen attacks that came from China, from North Korea, attacks that emanated from other places. We, we have to hold those who can actually deter, those who can reach out and touch those people in a way that can protect and defend our systems, prosecute them, impose costs on those governments, make clear that this is unacceptable behavior. I saw the President Biden said that there were 16 sectors that the Russians couldn't touch. That's that's silly. They shouldn't touch any of America, any of American sovereign systems, and we need to protect them all. Are you at all concerned that uh, we'll see a, a, a growth in this part of the uh, sort of the cyber warfare? We're going to see increased attacks. Is is it going to become more debilitating? I mean, that, that pipeline attack affected many thousands of people along the eastern seaboard. Um, just here in, in the state of Texas, where I'm currently located, we had the winter freeze here, and it shut down power across the state. It affected millions of people. Uh, we have a, a wind farm here in in, uh, in Texas that's owned by a, a Chinese national with connections back to the CCP that connects to our power grid. Uh, seems vulnerable to the average citizen. What would what would you say, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo? Yes, sir. Uh, these are real risks. Uh, we need to address them all. We, we should not permit anyone who has any connection to the Chinese government, and every Chinese company does, to own or operate, most importantly, our critical infrastructure systems. It's too risky. And your point about it increasing, it, it will most certainly increase. As technology improves and it becomes even more difficult to detect where these came from, the, the defenders, those who have to protect, must get even more capable. And then just as we learned to respond to ever-increasing kinetic power, right, from flip-lock rifles, to high-powered machine guns, right, to missile systems, to space-based systems, just as in the kinetic space, uh, technology has improved the capacity for those who want to do harm. Those who have to defend against us need to develop a strategy to push back. So, yes, I, I, I think there's real risk that this will increase. We've seen dozens and dozens of these attacks, but know that hundreds of them have been disrupted and thwarted as well. This is something that is going to continue, and the United States has to be very clear about its defensive strategy, its strategic defensive strategy, if we're going to deter this behavior. Uh, I want to talk about China in particular again. We see the... Uh, oh, I keep you... This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Herman. There's something unique about the love of the parent and child. Nothing can replace it. Your children will have many friends, companions, and peers in their lives, but they will only have one mother or father. This relationship is so special that we need to make sure we never take it for granted or allow anyone to take our place. Sometimes we get caught up in wanting the perfect youth minister, teacher, or coach for our children, especially as they get older. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with that, and we thank God for those adults who have come into our children's lives, but no one will affect your child as powerfully as you can. Parents, remember that the authority you have as a parent isn't because you're perfect or holy or even that you have all the answers. Because let's be honest, sometimes we're just making this up as we go along. Instead, your authority comes from the fact that God has entrusted this child to you. Step into your role with confidence, knowing that God will give you the grace you need to be the best parent you can be. For more encouragement and parenting tips, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. that it's going to continue, and the United States has to be very clear about its defensive strategy, its strategic defensive strategy, if we're going to deter this behavior. Uh, I want to talk about China in particular again. We see the, uh, well, I keep using the word tensions. Uh, I feel like it just feels this way, and this is part of the reason I wanted to talk to you, because as a, as a knuckle-dragger, ordinary, everyday citizen looking at the news and trying to figure out what's sort of uh, embellished and what isn't, it's hard to tell sometimes, but i I got to be honest, when you're looking at the incursion of uh, military aircraft from China into Taiwan's airspace, we send ships over there, it feels like things are building up. Is that the case? Even the Philippines are pushing back. Australia's trying to push back. It seems like things are heating up in the South China Sea. Is that the case? It's certainly the case that for 40 years, and this is Republican and Democrats alike, for 40 years, the United States allowed the Chinese Communist Party to walk all over us. And so did the rest of the West. You, you mentioned the Philippines. You mentioned Australia. Europe would be in the same bucket. We, we all had this theory of the case that said, if we just sell them a few more trinkets, if we just let another 100,000 of their students come study in the United States, they'll see how great America is. And the Chinese Communist Party will change its stripes. That wasn't crazy. And I can, I can now tell you for sure, not only was it crazy, it didn't work. And so the Trump administration, we began to confront. We, we did it in trade to protect. You talk about knuckle-draggers, right? <laughs> you're, you're Texas. I, I'm from Kansas. I, I'm from the Midwest. We make stuff. We build stuff. We have technology service industries that matter an awful lot. We have to protect those people, to protect those jobs. This Chinese stole tens of millions of jobs and billions and billions of dollars worth of intellectual property from us. And we simply said, you know, that's okay. They're a developing country. We're we're still fine. Well, we're not fine. It is unacceptable. And yes, we are pushing back. And you see that. You see it in the Chinese Communist Party's actions in Taiwan. You see the actions in Hong Kong. You see the fact that and this, this, I pray about this every day. You see what they're doing to over a million people in the western part of their country. Yeah. Conditions like we haven't seen since the 1930s internment camps, forced sterilizations, forced abortions on ordinary human beings who are just trying to live their lives and be with their families. This, this is the nature of authoritarian regimes. We know this. This, is, this has been the, the, the biblically true about how human beings must respect each other because we're each made in the image of God. The Chinese do not understand that. They've now foisted a virus on the world. 
and covered it up, killing millions of people. And the regime in China, Xi Jinping and his colleagues on the Politburo, have not for a moment expressed any willingness to help us understand how this took place and help the world collectively push back to make sure that something like this can never happen again. This is when you when you talk about tensions rising, it is a direct result of Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party increasing their intention to achieve global hegemony. Mike Pompeo is our guest. And, you know, I was wondering, we had a going back to talking about the technology and infrastructure, especially with the modern warfare today, it seems as though we have shifted from uh, fighting like very much uh, wars in the, the traditional sense. And now we're fighting proxy wars. We're fighting digitally. We're fighting via hacking. Uh, and we've seen that hackers at DEF CON publicly showed years ago how easy it was to maliciously take down power grids in the U.S. How has the U.S. cyber infrastructure become this vulnerable to begin with? Well, your point about asymmetric warfare, I, that's the military term, right, where it's really cheap to do offense. It's expensive to build a system that is capable of defending against what is a, a, a laptop and some high-end communications equipment that costs $5,000 or $10,000. So very asymmetric offense to defense. But look, we've built out our infrastructure in a way that we, we have, have a pretty good handle on what's going on. It is the case. There will be someone breakthrough, someone achieve an attack. There is lots of effort going to make sure that that doesn't happen. And if it happens, it doesn't um, it doesn't cascade. That is, it is a contained attack. So, no, the, the American people should know there is lots of work that the American energy industry and others have done to prevent these attacks from causing a real problem here in the United States. Just just like with terror attacks, you, you, you can't stop them all, but you can build that knowledge, infrastructure, intelligence collection, capacity to respond in a way that achieves deterrence to reduce the risk that one of these attacks is actually cataclysmic or does something that impacts a whole lot of people here in the United States. And we, we continue to build out what, what is missing from this administration's effort is a counter-strike strategic effort that makes clear that if someone engages in this kind of behavior, we're going to hold responsible all of the actors who are responsible for, for permitting it to move forward. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is our guest, and I want to talk about Israel, Iran, China, and Russia. Are you at all concerned about the uh, the the deal that uh, we're discussing and negotiating with Iran over their nuclear uh, capabilities, their enrichment program, and how the deck it seems to be, or the you know things are lining up in such a way where we have like China, Russia, Iran on one side, and then us on the other, and who's actually playing the middle ground? It seems concerning to the average citizen. How do you see it? So I actually have a piece in today's Wall Street Journal talking about exactly this issue with respect to Iran. I cannot for the life of me understand how the Biden administration has the intention of cutting a deal with Ibrahim Raisi, the new selected president in Iran, a man with the blood of thousands of Iranian citizens on his hands, who's now the president of Iran, who we have sanctioned in 2019. I led the effort to sanction him personally. Uh, how they're going to negotiate a deal with him that they have any confidence in. But no one wants Iran to have a nuclear weapon, but the deal they're about to enter into won't prevent that. It's going to have a nine, it's going to be about a nine year deal. That's all that's left. The administration talked, they said they wanted that deal to be longer and stronger. It is going to be shorter and weaker. Mm. And that, that is, that is really dangerous for 
uh, the United States. But it is, in the first instance, ain't dangerous for our friend and ally Israel. We, we built out a, a very clear understanding with respect to Iran. If they punched us or they hurt an American, we were going to impose real cost. When Qasem Soleimani threatened Americans, we took him off the battlefield. We made clear that we were going to support the Israelis. We, we moved our embassy to Jerusalem. We recognized that the Golan Heights was the rightful land of the Israeli people. We acknowledged that Israel was not an occupying force. We then built out the Abraham Accords because in the end, it's peace that we're trying to achieve in the Middle East. We convinced four amazing Middle Eastern Gulf state leaders to say, yes, Israel has a right to exist. Going back into that deal presents risks to the Abraham Accords and the Gulf states, Israel and the United States, because in the end, the regime in Iran since 1979, since the revolution in 1979, has been intent on foisting its theocratic, kleptocratic regime on its own people and wreaking havoc throughout the Middle East. Uh, Mike Pompeo is our guest. Let's switch to domestic affairs, if we can. Um, as a Catholic, I see the world through my, my Catholic, my Christian faith, and I'm very concerned about a lot of the things that are going on in our own country, let alone around the world. I, as a Catholic, I was appalled at seeing the Sino-Vatican deal that became cryptic and who knows what was in it, and yet I see Catholics being persecuted and Christians being persecuted in, in that country along with the Uyghurs and others. But here in America, we're going full-on woke. And I wonder, will I have the right to speak uh, from my conscience in the near future? Will my children have to grow up in an, uh, in an era where they will have to keep their Christian faith secret in order to avoid being persecuted, either softly or even more in a hardcore way? What say you, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo? You're never going to let that happen, and your listeners are never going to let that happen. Uh, I, I'm an evangelical Christian. I, I talked about my faith when I was a Secretary of State uh, because it was important for people to understand who I was and how I thought about the world. I was unabashed about doing that. I think it drove some of the lawyers at the State Department crazy. <laughs> uh, but it was important for people to know who Mike was and how I saw the world, and my faith informs how I see the world, just as you described as well. When I see what's taking place today in our elite institutions, uh, the, the academy and universities, our faculties in our K-12 through schools, our, even places in our judicial system, and sadly now as a former soldier, I have to say, in our military, where people who come from a conservative worldview or a Christian worldview are told, no, that, that voice is not welcome, that in fact the nation was, was built on a, a set of racist ideas that is, that's fundamentally false. We have, to, we have to begin a revival of understanding our founding, the things that made America so exceptional and great. And I, I'm convinced. I see it everywhere I go. I've been traveling the country helping conservative candidates do the things they need to do to get elected. I, I see it everywhere I go. I hear ordinary people saying, enough, no more, not on my watch. I'm going to protect my family, my church, my school, my freedom. Uh, I am really optimistic that people have seen this movement, this this woke movement, this cancel culture, and they're going to respond, and there will be a counter-effort to push back against it, and we will restore and revive the things that you and I all know are so central to making this nation the most exceptional in the history of civilization. And that brings up a great question, which is, you know, we hear constantly from the left how, you know, we have to have this separation of church and state, stop trying to bring your religion into the state, 
and they tried to browbeat everyone and so set up their own religion, their religion of leftism, into the school system, into the uh, into our politics, into our government, into the military. How do we respond to that? Praise be to Jesus Christ. That's going to have to do it for today. We recorded that interview last week during one of our after shows. Praise be to God. If you'd like to listen to the entire unedited version of that program, uh, you could go to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to Catholic Drive Time on YouTube. Uh, hit that bell notification icon if you could, but we're going to be posting that full conversation on our YouTube channel later today. Now, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I forgot to ask him about the lab leak theory. Oh, I got so focused on some other things that I ran out of time. But based on his comments and many other news outlets, he says, based on the evidence he saw as Secretary of State, he believes that the virus did originate from that lab. The only question is whether it was intentional or not. But that is going to have to do it for today on the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the second hour, praise be to God, we would love to have you. Of course, our game show is coming up in the second hour. We have a little bit of fun, teach the faith, and give out prizes. That's coming up. If you want to hang out with us on our website, we'd love to have you there. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You can watch the show and comment right on our webpage or be on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter or across the GRN. That'd be awesome. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God bless you. God love you. If you can't join us, we'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. 7 central. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. In 1 Timothy, it says that Jesus is our sole mediator, yet we pray to Mary and the saints. Is that going against the Bible? 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 says, There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. By praying to the saints, we're accused of going against the Bible because it seems we are making the saints mediators between God and man, not just Jesus. In the Old Testament, we see that Moses, Abraham, and Job interceded on behalf of others. That's mediating between God and man. Plus, we know that it is okay to ask others here on earth to pray and intercede for us. That's mediating between God and man. So once again, we have a situation where a passage of the Bible is being misinterpreted and misunderstood. There is only one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. But as members of the body of Christ, he allows us to share in his mediation. Scripture says that we have only one foundation, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. But Scripture says that there is more than one foundation, Ephesians 2.19 and 20. Scripture says that we have only one Lord. Lord, Jesus Christ, Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 5. But Scripture says there is more than one Lord, Revelations 19, 16. Scripture says that we have only one judge, Jesus Christ, James 4, verse 12. But Scripture tells us there is more than one judge, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Contradictions in Scripture? No, not when these passages are read in context. Jesus is the only foundation, Jesus is the only Lord, and Jesus is the only judge. But we are members of Jesus' body. Therefore, we are able, according to the graces given by Christ, to share in Jesus' role as foundation, as Lord and as judge, and in other aspects of Christ as well. Another example, as a father, I share in God's role as the Father by His grace. And so also the saints in heaven can and do share in Christ's role as mediator. 
A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. We just wrapped up a great conversation uh, with uh, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. The full conversation is going to be posted to our YouTube channel later today. So make sure you're subscribed to that. Hit that bell notification. That'd be wonderful. We also had a wonderful conversation with Deacon Nick Donnelly uh, from England about the state of England. (laughs) It's not not only not a Catholic country. That's long since been gone, since the 16th century. Uh, But... It's not even a Christian country anymore. It's very agnostic and atheist. And is it possible to win it back? What is the state of the faith in England? We had a wonderful conversation with him all about that, and we'll post that as well to our social feeds later today. Make sure you subscribe to them. You can always find them linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, all good news, right, this hour? Yes, all good news. Lots of good news today. I was able to find a lot. So oh, really? <laughs> a lot of it. good news. Yes. yes. That's, uh, that's rare. Praise be to God yes. for, for the good news that comes our way. So just so the audience knows, just so you know, in the first hour, we do two newscasts that are all like sort of the regular mainstream headline, what's going on in the world can be very intense and often (laughs) negative. So in the second hour, we lighten the load and give you the good news. Praise be to God. So that's coming up in a moment. And then, of course, we do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We try to do a gospel reflection, thanks to verbum.com forward slash GRN. And then we do the Fear and Trembling Game Show, and it's a lot of fun and prizes are involved. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Those good conversations last hour. Absolutely. Mike Pompeo was excellent. And you're going to want to subscribe to our Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel because there is about six minutes of content there at the end that we didn't have enough time to play on the radio. So if you missed that interview entirely, then it'll be on our Catholic Drive Time YouTube channel. And if you did hear it, you'll want to tune in for the last six minutes of that interview. It was great. But by the way, if you are a CDT insider, which means you're subscribed to our email list, you already got the whole interview. I sent it to you last week because we love our CDT insiders. But everybody will be able to watch and listen to this interview today. The full length, it'll be available in, on the YouTube channel. So look forward to that. Praise be to God. All right, so we have a lot to get into this hour. Of course, as I said, the game show is on the agenda. If you've never played the game and you would like to play the game, good news is you don't have to know answers to questions to win. You can still win and not know. Praise be to God. Uh, but the phone number, the rules, how it all works, even the uh, the links to sponsors are all on our website. 
website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Just go there, scroll down, you'll find it, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But I'll give you the phone number. We'll open up the phone lines here in just a little while. And the first caller gets to be the contestant. Let's pray for your intentions today, dear listener, whatever's on your heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the good news with Janelle Lane. University of Wisconsin-Madison won't require COVID-19 vaccination and social distancing in the fall. New Hampshire enacts late-term abortion ban. And a simple blood test that can detect 50 types of cancer is accurate enough to be rolled out. From the Christian Institute, CI-backed Christian Street Preacher wins wrongful arrest case. A Christian Street Preacher has won damages after he was wrongfully arrested and falsely imprisoned for preaching the gospel. David McConnell had been preaching in Huddersfield Town Center in December 2019 when he was arrested for a hate-related public order offense. Mr. McConnell, who was supported in his case by the Christian Institute, was kept in police custody for about six hours before being released without charge. While Mr. McConnell was preaching, some passerbys stopped to heckle him, asking him questions about sexuality and abortion, even though he had not been preaching on either subject. But he was subsequently arrested and taken to Huddersfield Police Station without being told the offense he had allegedly committed, other than the suggestion that it was for a hate-related public order offense and for preaching on gay rights and abortion. During his time in custody, one police sergeant listened to Mr. McConnell's recording of his preaching and concluded that no offense had been committed. So the preacher was released without charge. Mr. McConnell took legal action and last month West Yorkshire police admitted liability in court papers, agreeing to pay £3,250 in damages, plus his legal costs. McConnell concluded, I'm thankful that the police have admitted what they did was unlawful. It was a very distressing experience for me, but I'm glad I can put it behind me. I have to say, when I am preaching now, the police in Huddersfield are very good with me. I'm glad I'm able to continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Reported by the Epic Times, New Hampshire governor signs state budget into law, bans teaching that endorses divisive concepts. New Hampshire Governor Krista Nunu has signed into law a two-year budget bill, which includes, among many other things, a ban on teaching the idea that individuals of a certain race or sex are inherently racist or sexist. The $13.5 billion package, which the Republican governor called a win for every citizen and family in the state, establishes a voucher-like education freedom account program, allowing families to use state aid to cover the expenses of private and homeschooling. It also contains what was formerly known as House Bill 544, which outlines four divisive concepts related to sex and race to be banned from state-funded programs and contracts. The new law, like others of its kind, is largely modeled after a now-rescinded executive order by former President Donald Trump. Specifically, it prohibits propagating the idea that New Hampshire or the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist, that individuals are inherently oppressive due to their race or sex, that individuals should feel discomfort or guilt on account of their race or sex, that merit 
meritocracy and hard work ethic was invented by one race to oppress another, and any other form of racial or sexual stereotyping or scapegoating. That being said, the law also allows teachers, government agencies, and contractors to present those concepts objectively, upholding the principles of academic freedom and freedom of speech. It also states that the ban should not prevent them from promoting racial, cultural, or ethnic diversity or inclusiveness, so long as that such efforts remain consistent with what the law requires. Reported by Vatican News, Burkina Faso ordains 31 deacons in Wagu Dugu. Bishop Olo Modest Kambu of the Diocese of Gola this week ordained 31 seminarians from different dioceses of Burkina Faso. The diaconate ordinations took place in St. John the Baptist Seminary of Wagudugu on the solemnity of the birth of St. John the Baptist. Let us keep the new deacons in our prayers. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Tuesday. The saint of the day is Blessed Hima of Gurk. She was born in 980 AD in Friesach, Karnten, Austria. Love these Austrian names. <laughs> Born to the nobility and a relative of Emperor St. Henry II, she was the Countess of Zelchak and was educated at the court, the court of Henry II, where she was a lady-in-waiting to St. Cungundus and was married to Blessed William of San in the Diocese of Gurk. It was, arranged, it was an arranged marriage, but a very happy one. She became the mother of two, Wilhelm and Hartwig, both of whom were murdered by the miners they were supervising when they planned to execute one of the workers. The parents turned to prayer as a way to deal with their grief. Blessed William died returning from pilgrimage to Rome, Italy. Widowed and childless, Hema withdrew from society, spending her life and fortune in charity and to found the Benedictine houses, including the double monastery of Girk Abbey in Corinthia in 1043 where she retired and may have become a nun, but records are unclear. She died on the 29th of June, 1045, in Gurk Karnten, Austria, of natural causes. She was canonized on the 5th of January, 1938, by Pope Pius XI. Blessed Hima of Gurk, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. Well done, Adrian, well done. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, other Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, I could spend the rest of the hour just talking about this particular passage. I have in uh, many years in the past spent lots of time creating content on this particular passage. There's so much to dive into here. Real quick, one of the points I love is, you know, in Jewish tradition, the rock, the, the temple was built upon a rock that capped up like a big shaft that led to the netherworld. And so the temple kept the netherworld at bay kept the the evil and the demonic at bay. The temple did that. And now here, carried this image into this passage, our Lord is putting Peter, making Peter that capstone. The Pope that follow him become the capstone that holds that at bay. Think about that today. What does that mean if the Pope himself decides to go squirrely on you? Hmm, I wonder. Here's what the Archbishop of St. Canterbury said, St. Anselm. He said, this power was committed specially to Peter, that we might thereby be invited to unity. For he therefore appointed him the head of the apostles, that the church might have one principal vicar of Christ, to whom the different members of the church should have recourse, if ever they should have dissensions among them. But if there, but if there were many heads in the church, the bond of unity would be broken. Some say that the words upon earth denote that the power was not given to men to bind and loose the dead, but the living. For he who should loose the dead would do this not upon earth, but after the earth. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, like you said, there's a ton of things to talk about in this passage. So I'm going to try to limit myself. You know, in verse 14, right before this, I wish it was back at 14, just because it talks about the 153 fish that were caught, that was brought up by the apostles here at the command of our Lord. And a lot of the people, a lot of the saints, like uh, St. Louis de Mumford, St. Alan de la Roche, and would give this illusion that the 153 fish that were brought up out of the water was is a uh, prefigurement of the rosary. The rope being like you know the net that's cast out is the is a rope that's tied down the ties the rosary together, and then 153 fish uh, are equivalent to the 153 Hail Marys you say in the rosary. And so that's a great analogy that's made there. Uh, moving to the gospel for today. Right at the beginning, our Lord, it says that when they had finished breakfast, said to Simon Peter. Now, this is actually incredibly important and we're often overlook it. Why is this important? Because it shows that our Lord had breakfast with them. This is after the resurrection. And so our Lord still eats. This proves that he's not a ghost. He's not just a spirit, that he is actually uh, resurrected from the dead. He's able to consume food. Now, this tells a lot about the resurrected bodies because we will retain, we will have a resurrected body at the end of time, at the second coming. And when we receive our resurrected bodies, we will not need to eat, but we will be able to eat. Now, that's an important point. Uh, moving on, Cornelius Lapide, kind of uh, a digression, he makes a point saying that St. John, the evangelist, he's, he said, according to St. Thomas and St. Peter Damien, that his body was one of the one one of the bodies that were that were risen from the dead and brought into heaven, and so he said that many theologians and saints believe that Saint John is actually in heaven bodily, though he said it's not a consensus and that that's not necessarily true, but it's well believed by many people. And finally, I want to point out what kind of death he would glorify God, which is the last verse here. And whenever it says this, Saint Cornelius Lapide points out that God loves his martyrs more than anyone else. That God loves his martyrs because what did he say? No greater love is this to lay down your life for one's friend and God loves 
his martyrs. The cross is sweet to Christ. The cross is sweet to his martyrs, that we should embrace our cross today. And if we cannot have the grace to become martyrs for Christ, well, then at least we may be martyrs um, spiritually, and we may take up our cross and die with Christ every day. All right, praise be to God. Thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously underwriting our gospel reflection today. Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Let's go to break. We come back. We're going to play the Fear and Trembling trivia game show where you could win prizes, but you have to call to win. You don't need to know the answers to win, but you have to call to win at 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes, we Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do us a favor and do not share publicly with anyone what I am about to tell you. Just keep this between us, okay? But we like to do a few things on the Trivia Game Show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable questions, moments where we can learn something we did not know before. Praise be to God. Of course, we like to have fun in the process, and our contestants tend to be a lot of fun. They laugh right along with us, and we're very grateful for that. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes making it kind of a winner for everybody involved. And uh, here's the kicker. If you're just joining us, you've, you've not f- been familiar with the game show before. I have official Catholic trivia questions in my hand, but I do not ask the caller these questions. So the caller does not even technically need to know any of these answers to still win the game. 
which kind of makes it more fun, don't you think? Because instead, I will ask Janelle, I'll ask Adrian. One of them will be right, the other will be wrong, and the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janelle or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janelle, what could they win? You could win Our Lady of Guadalupe Rosary at the price of $39.99, but for the prize, it's free. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Rugged Rosaries, for sponsoring this week's prize. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rugged Rosary. We're very grateful to you. All right, let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Cindy. Thanks for being a part of our program. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, praise be to God. Where are you calling from? Um, I live in Louisville, but I'm probably in Carrollton, Texas right now because I'm on my way to work. Very good. Hopefully the traffic's not too bad. Yeah, well, I actually stopped because, you know, this is important stuff that we're doing here this morning. I like it. A serious competitor. Praise be to God. This is going to be fun. Now, where do you go to uh, church there, Cindy? Um, I go to St. Catherine of Siena in Carrollton. Wonderful. I think I have been there. It's been a long time, but I think I have been there. Praise be to God. And I, I'm guessing uh, you have heard the show. You're familiar with the game show. You know how it all works. Um, yes. All right. So Fairly new listener, but oh, yeah. Oh, cool. But, Praise be to God. Yeah. How did you find out about us real quick? Um, I always listen to 910 AM on my way in and... And I started leaving earlier for work and found you guys. And then, wonderful, boom, there it is. Well, just as a just my advice to you: listen very carefully to Janelle and Adrian because they might try to fool you. Okay, I am on your yeah, side I though. That. I am your advocate in the game. Let's get you into the coffee cup and see if we can't pull out a prize at the end of the week. Let's just see how this goes. Are you ready, Cindy? I'm ready. All right, we're going to start with Janelle, as is our custom. Janelle, are you ready? Yes, I am. Thank you for asking. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Are you sure? I'm ready. Okay. Janelle, can you tell me, what should we do when we are tempted to sin? Hmm. What should we do when we are tempted to sin? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a very complicated answer. Is it? I'm going to go with pray. Pray? Yes. Okay. 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 Sounds reasonable. Let's see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, what should we do when we are tempted to sin. Mm-hmm. Yes. You should go to confession as soon as possible. ASAP. Um, ASAP. Go to confession. Like, leave everything and just go straight? Straight there. Okay. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I don't get $200 out of the deal? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Adrian is on the hook for go to confession right away. And Janelle is on the hook for pray. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cindy, what say you? You know, I like both answers. They both seem right. But practically speaking, I'm going to go with Janelle. Survey says. Duh. Very good. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Very nice. Kind of a trick question. <laughs> Adrian, I, we've committed no sin. You, you, you can't confess temptations, can you? Um, I guess not, not really. No, no, you shouldn't be confessing temptations. <sighs> okay. So well done, Cindy. Congratulations. You are correct. Praying. Praying is the first thing and one of the most powerful things we can do in a situation where we are tempted to sin. And that has put you into the coffee cup of divine providence. You may now win. How do you feel? 
I feel good about that. Praise be to God. You answered very strongly. All right. <laughs> Let's go see if we can uh, double your chances this week. We're going to go with uh, this now. Hmm. This might be a tricky question, possibly. Uh, if you if you struggle with remembering names, this might be one of those. But uh, let's just see here. Uh, Adrian, we'll start with you. Adrian, okay. can you tell me, what was the name of the soldier who pierced Christ's side? Yes, that would be St. Dismas. St. Dismas. Si, senor. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's see what Janelle has to say then. Uh, Janelle, can you tell me what was the name of the soldier who pierced the side of Christ when he hung on the cross? You know, I don't think it was St. Dismas. I think it was another Roman soldier. I'm going to go with Longinus because the spear is long and Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, he was a spearman. So Mm -hmm. according to the name, like Longinus is his name. Longinus or some might say Longinus. I don't know. I've heard it kind of both ways. Dismissed. I think it's only dismissed, but let's see. Janelle is on the hook for Longinus, and Adrian is on the hook for Dismiss. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cindy, what say you? I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Janelle. Survey says. Well done. Wow, that was a hard one. Awesome. Well done, Cindy. Well done. Yeah. 50 50 chance. You chose well. The Holy Ghost may be with you very, uh, very a lot today. So uh, maybe play the Powerball later. Who knows? I know. Who knows? Try to get three for three. <laughs> and remember us when you if you if you win that. Well Absolutely. done. Longinus <laughs> is the correct answer. Is the uh, soldier the, the traditional name of the soldier who pierced the side of Christ? Uh, all right. So and dismiss and dismiss. And tell me who Dismiss and Dis- is. St. Dismiss was the, is the saint who was... Uh, the good thief. Was, yeah, the good, the good thief, thief crucified, yes, beside, crucified Christ. beside Christ. So that was, t- that was very tricky, Adrian. Yeah, that was very tricky. Wow. <laughs> Someone put down Pierce Spearman as, as the name <laughs> that they were going to... There was that right. or Pierce Sideman. Pierce Sideman. <laughs> that's, 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 you know, that's... That's, 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 that's an just, option, I guess. That's an option. <laughs> it wasn't, the name wasn't Rome enough, all enough right, for Adrian. All right. okay, so here, okay, so here's another one one i don't know it could be tricky it might not be it might be very easy we're gonna have to find out but third question back to janelle janelle can you tell me what is the nickname given to the superior general of the jesuits okay the jesuits the jesuits Let's see. the jesuits are kind of like the opposite of dominicans in terms of garments right instead of wearing all like white they wear all black okay so mm-hmm. i'm gonna mm-hmm. go with the black pope the Black Pope? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. That's the nickname. See what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the nickname given to the Superior General of the Jesuits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple jokes could be made here, uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to resist the temptation. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to say pray, fa- pray Father hard. Superior. Father Superior. That's Father your Superior. answer? That's his nickname? That's his nickname. Father Superior. Si, hmm. senor. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Cindy, Adrian is on the hook for Father Superior, and Janelle is on the hook for the Black Pope. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Cindy, what say you? I say, Holy Spirit, help me with this one. <laughs> um, only because Adrian hasn't had one right for uh, a minute. I'm going to go with Adrian. Are you sure? No. Oh! <laughs> 
I'm so sorry, Sandy. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like in, in, uh, in, in, you know, just to defend myself here, I feel like I warned you at the beginning that uh, they would be very tricky people to listen to. Yes, you did. You did. Uh, unfortunately, Adrian, he got, he got one past you there. Uh, and Father Superior is technically a correct name for him, but it's not a nickname. See, that's Whenever the you talk to the, of Adrian. Yeah, when you talk really? to any, when you talk to any uh, priest who's in charge usually will call them like father prior father superior etc yeah. etc et yeah. but the black pope now the the, the jesuit uh, uh general i think he's only across the courtyard from saint peter's yes sir. so that's one and again they do wear black and uh, and he was also a very powerful figure so he's has the nickname of the black pope but we learned something today right cindy absolutely praise be to god and you're in the coffee cup of divine providence for two tries and if it be God's will, you will win on uh, on uh, Friday. You'll have to tune back in on Friday morning to hear if it's your name pulled out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence. And if so, you will get this beautiful Rugged Rosary. Thank you, Rugged Rosary, for sponsoring our program. Cindy, we're very grateful for you calling in and having a good time with us today. God bless you and God love you. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a great a day. We're gonna too. we're gonna put you on hold so that Anna can get your contact information in case it be God's will that you should win. But that is going to do it for the radio side of our program. Hopefully, you enjoyed the show today. Got a lot out of it. Of course, Mike Pompeo and Deacon Nick Donnelly were great guests in the first hour. Had a lot of fun in the game show. But we're gonna sign off on the radio and stick around on the live video feed on social media. To conversate with you, the audience, for all those that want to hang out with us, you get to drive the show. That's called the after show. And whatever you want to comment and talk about, that's what we're going to talk about. So if you want to, hang out on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or just go straight to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can watch and comment right there as well. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT grnonline.com forward slash cdt the glad trads are back on the show tomorrow boy they haven't been on in many months look forward to that 6 a.m central 7 eastern thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time again that's facebook.com forward slash catholic drive time be sure to share more than just us today share jesus with everyone you meet bye now and god love you Welcome to the After Show of Catholic Drive Time. A praise be to God where we talk very casually about whatever it is that's on your mind. Praise be to God. And apparently a fierce debate just arose over how to properly pronounce Longinus, which, of course, we all know Longinus. the answer. It's Longinus. Longinus. I've always known it as Longinus as well. So right. I'm with, it's the I'm only with, pronunciation I've ever heard me too. my entire life. I'm with Joe on this one, and you know how much I love it disagreeing with Joe. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So if you want to comment uh, about anything, of course, in the show or whatever's on your mind, if you want to weigh into the fierce debate over Longinus, then you're welcome to do so. Just comment. Let us know where you're from. And by the way, if you are a first-time commenter, you've never commented before, make sure we know that so that we can lavish some first-time commenter love upon you, which is what our tradition is here on the after show. 
Uh, it's great to hang out with all of you. Praise be to God. Let's just uh, recognize some folks here. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Our friend from Canada, I have no idea how to say your name, and, and, and your, your, your YouTube handle there always throws me off. Uh, but uh, welcome. It's good to see you again. Praise be to God. Of course, Betty is here. Susan is here. Tammy is here. Praise be to Jesus. Red Mug, you're a brand new commenter. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yes. Amen. Of course. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. We love our first-time commenters. Thank you for doing that. Praise be to Jesus. We'd like to know where you're from, Red Mug. Let us know uh, if you're still hanging out. Monica Cortez, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Monica, it's good to see you, of course. Jeff Burrier. Uh, Jeff Burrier and clan, good morning yes. to you. Good give morning our, to give the Burrier love. family. Absolutely. Give our love to your family. Yeah, amen. Praise be to Jesus. A lot of uh, commenting on uh, on YouTube this morning. I love to see that. Of course, uh, Christopher Velasquez, good morning, Mr. Thomas. Uh, good morning to you from Florida. Hopefully everything's going well in Florida today. Praying for that crazy situation in Miami with that building collapsing. It's just so tragic. Yeah, a friend of mine uh, actually texted me. There is a there is a guy yeah. there that's from the St. Thomas High School, was on the track team St. Thomas High School, Yeah, and he was there, and he's been missing. Um, so the, a friend of mine who's a teacher at St. Thomas High School sent out a text blast to a lot mm. of us alumni, and we're like, you okay, got to pray for this guy. He's been missing. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy. I never thought that um, the collapse in Florida was going to be Apparently, impactful across the world. They saw all those cracks in the pillars in the parking garage, and they were supposed to start repair soon. Not soon enough. Uh, Alma, good morning to you. Josh Knoll, good morning. Uh, Anne. Over on Facebook on Catholic Drive Time is Anne, a brand new commenter. I'm like 99.9% sure she is. Praise be to God. Hallelujah, Anne. Thank you for hanging out with us. Praise so, be to God. Joe, I got good news. Yeah? I got good news. Good mm -hmm. news. Tammy had a great comment. Well, I, she well, said hold, 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 we hold, didn't slow down, slow down, get slow them down. yesterday. Nice and slow, nice and slow. Okay. And we uh, need... Mm, nope, nope. Mm -mm. Nope. Jesus, what? Jesus, that, she said we needed it. It was very important that we get that in. Was it? It's very important. Was it? Tammy trying to stir the pot up over there. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, well, God love you, Tammy. Don, good morning to you. Lori, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Joaquin, good and Gloria, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, buddy, good morning to you. Jesus Robles, friend of the show, and Michelle Vaughn. Praise be to Jesus. Sonia Morales. Sonia, is that she a new commenter? I don't think uh, she is. Uh, is she? I can't. Sonia, if you're still here, let us know. Are you a, a first time commenter, second time, or how many, you, how many times have you commented? Do you have any idea? Bruce Tolman, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Good to have you on with us today. You know who I didn't see? Was Patty on today? Yeah, she was on. Okay. okay. I must have missed her. Yeah. Mm, Patty, was. good morning. Thanks for hanging out. Praise be to Jesus. And I want to thank everybody who shared our video. Now, unfortunately, I can't see that information on YouTube. It doesn't tell me how many people or who shared. But if you've shared this video, God love you. Thank you for doing that. On, Ten Dow? On Is that Facebook, a new commenter? On Facebook, I've seen a bunch of people have I shared. I recognize his name. I Christopher I Velasquez, good morning to you. Glenn Trahan, thank you. Thank you for sharing our content. Tien Dow, I want to say he's not. Good morning to you, Tien. If you are a first-time commenter, please clarify and uh, correct me. Is Valentin Campos? Valentin. Oh, yeah. he's, Valentin. A, he's a member. He's a okay. regular member. Welcome uh, back. David from New Hampshire. Praise be to God. Tammy. Tammy. Now, you're playing both sides here, Tammy. Okay. 
<laughs> you got to choose, all right? You can't just play both sides. I mean, it's... And the side you should be on is mine. No. Just for the record. The horns of the apocalypse is the only true side, to be honest with you. Because in the end, in the end, what comes but the horns of the apocalypse? Yeah, that's the complete opposite of Jesus, my friend. <laughs> it's not. The, it's Jesus, my no, Jesus it is, is my just judge. It is Jesus who brings the apocalypse. No, <laughs> it is your friend, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, not who not has at come the second coming. To judge the nations. When, yeah, when you hear the horns of the apocalypse, is no longer Jesus like, a friend of mine. When you, no, when, when you hear the horns of the apocalypse, you're gonna say that's my bestie. That's my BFF right there. I don't think so. I'm gonna be like, oh the, no, the one coming on the white stallion. <laughs> With the sword of his mouth, that's my bestie. The that's, first question Jesus will right ask there. you on like your day of judgment will be, <laughs> is it but Jesus is a friend of mine or the horns? The <laughs> you have the answer. And, and I would say, Jesus is a friend of mine, please. <laughs> please. please. <laughs> uh, Angelo, good morning to you. Tien, it's good to see you back. I thought you were a returning uh, TDT listener. Praise be to Jesus. Good to see you again. Yeah. Good to see you guys. No, when Jesus returns, I hope he's saying, Anna, you're a friend of mine. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. But Amen. when he returns, will he find faith on earth? Probably not. Mm. Probably At not. least one. At least one. He already said so. Yeah. Yikes, yeah. huh? No, yes. no bueno. No bueno. Uh, there's my song. Which song is that, Josh? Well, it's obviously... Jesus Come on! That's, that's what he was referring to. Right, Josh? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, if, he's, if that's not what he was uh, referring to, then I will mea culpa. Oh, yeah, I, will, after, I will do the confidior right now. After, after you've played the song. I will do the confidior right now if it's wrong. So disingenuous. Man, this is a good song. Yes, Buddy is right. Buddy brings up uh, the Texas Supreme Court has ruled victims of sex trafficking can, can sue social media sites for allowing sex trafficking on their sites. Yay and amen. Uh, I mentioned that. Uh, I think we mentioned that yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's a good thing. They don't have. I read an article about, I think it was when um, Tim was supposed to be on and he wasn't on. I launched into an article that uh, talked about how uh, social media, particularly Facebook, can be held liable. They're, they don't. They can't hide under their 230 protection, um, which is protecting them in other ways. Unfortunately, I, I never understood why we didn't remove their 230 uh, protections during the Trump administrations. But whatever. Uh, Tammy says, "Nope, can't choose. The horns are awesome, but Jesus is my friend." is an earworm. <laughs> you know, when you say that, Tammy, you know what I think of? I think of Star Trek and remember what, 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 which one was that? Star Trek with Spock and dude, I don't ever watch Was it Trek. the Hitchhikers? Um, and, uh, and, and what's his name? No. Wasn't Scotty. It was, um, um, never watched it. Oh, why never is my brain freezing? Uh, uh, the Russian character from the original series. He oh. had, he had the earworm put in his ear because Khan, it was Khan. That's right. I, I was going to say that. Con. Con! Remember that? Yes. That was a great totally. film. I haven't seen that in forever. Okay. i never seen it. I don't know what we're talking about. You, oh, wow. Mockery. Sorry. I see where this is going. Mr. Thomas wants to know who the voice is, uh, Mike Romano, in the game show. Do you want to tell him who Mike Romano is? Um, it's Mike Romano. Yeah, but who is he? <laughs> I checked that box. That is done. Uh, Mike Romano. He is a friend of mine. The Wrath of Khan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Mike Romano is an incredible guy. He, um, he's Catholic. He lives in Mobile, Alabama. He works full-time at Catholic Radio. But for many years, he was a wandering soul. He left his home state of Alabama, moved to Los Angeles, and, 
and he wanted to become a, a comedian, and he worked at the, uh, com- the Comedy Factory with Pauly Shore and many very famous uh, comedians, and he actually became a stand-up comic while he was there. And he got into a lot of uh, hedonistic lifestyle kind of living, drugs, that kind of thing. And he had a reversion to his faith and came home, and he came back to the Catholic Church, and he committed his life to Christ, and he has since uh, many years now worked in full-time in Catholic radio, and he worked for EWTN for a while, but um, he tries to put his talents to use in the church, and one of his talents is voice, character voices. And so we have uh, enjoyed working with Mike Romano over the years, using his talents uh, to have a little bit of fun, to do a lot of interesting and creative things. So when I started this show last year, he was one of the first calls I made to say, Mike, I really want you to be a part of this. Can I get you to to do some things for us? And one of the things he's done for us is done the voiceover for our game show because he does a great game show voice. Can I play some of the uh, other yeah, things that he's do it. that he's done that sure. I that we never <laughs> that we never played? Listen to this; it's pretty funny. Let's see if I can get it. Give him some ice cream. Give him some ice cream. Eddie Murphy. And you can't have none because you didn't answer it right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a spot on. Th- this Eddie is my Murphy. this is my favorite one. It's the it's Rocky Balboa. Hey, you know, I ain't all that catechized, but you know, that sounds like a good answer to me. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so we have a ton of these. We have a ton of these. Yeah, we never get to use those. No, we don't. Hmm. Such a talented man. We he, try he did want to follow Mitch Pacwa. What? Oh. I don't know. We're allowed to play that if one. If you're an EWTN fan, then he, the, he, Mike has done these skits where he impersonates Father Pacwa and he impersonates Father Mary. Uh, over at EWTN, the Franciscans, and they like have these. Uh, your mother is so Franciscan, and they do these your mama jokes. But one is Franciscan. <laughs> they do one Franciscan, and then they do one Ignatian. Your mother is so Ignatian. It's hilarious. <laughs> but honestly, if you're not like an EWTN fan and you don't really know who those people are, it wouldn't be all that funny to you. But if you are, it's hilarious. Yeah, we also have, you thought 2020 was bad. And you thought 2020 was bad. (laughs) Chow, please. (laughs) (laughs) We should get Mike on. We should interview Mike. We should do an interview of his story. I I actually filmed him uh, when I, 2018, when I went and traveled to film for my documentary film, uh, he was one of the men that I filmed along with like Jesus Robles, friend of the show, by the way. And I still have that content to do more with and to release, uh, but unfortunately, it's uh, it just hasn't happened as fast as I wanted it to. But so I still can put that out. But we should get him on the show to tell tell us his story. The Rocky impersonation was great. Yeah, praise be to God. He's very good at that. His he did a song one. I, I like this one. It's pretty funny. I can hear your one heartbeat at a time. Sooner or later, you're gonna get this right. I can hear your one heartbeat. He's <laughs> doing the heart. Okay, TikTok time's up. I <laughs> uh, like his quirky sense of humor. It's pretty N- funny. Now, Michelle Vaughn, uh, she lays the gauntlet down on you, Adrian. I don't know if you saw that, but she's really challenging you here. She's calling you out. Um, so, this is, uh, she's saying, What would a sound off between the horns? And Jesus is my friend. A mix of the two? 
or some sort of sound editing blending both create? What would that sound like? <laughs> you can't even hear the horns. You have you have artificially inflated the sound of Jesus is my friend to hide the horns. I call foul. I, I, I demand a recount, an audit. It's not my fault. The horns are just quieter. Horns, it's, quiet. It is what it is. Uh-huh, they, uh-huh, God, sure. God wanted Jesus to pray mm-hmm. of mine to be louder. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. it's how sure. it went. Uh, if you say so. I, hey, look, I, I don't make the rules here. Mm-hmm. I just play mm-hmm. the buttons. Mm-hmm. Adrian is right. Josh, I think you're feeling nauseous. You should sit down. If you're driving, pull over. I don't want you to get hurt. Josh, what's the saying I always say? Uh, there's a say- I always say, uh, what is it? Um, I may be a hypocrite, but I'm still right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea what's up with that. No idea. I have no idea. What else is going on? Praise be to God. I I, I hope the uh, Mike Pompeo conversation was a good one. Again, uh, Anna thought, or Anne rather, thought it was a fabulous conversation. We're very grateful for Anne commenting again for the first time, being a part of the program. It was great to talk to. I got to say, he was... He was not that hard to actually track down and to book for the show. There have been way harder guests to book for the show, other than the guy who was arguably you had been one of the most powerful men on planet Earth, the director of the Secretary of State and the director of the CIA. And uh, great conversations there. He was uh, very forthright. He was there was nothing that wasn't on the table. We just didn't have all the time in the world to ask all the questions. And of course, the one question I wanted to ask him was about the lab leak theory. And of course, I failed to do so. And the instant I hung up with him, I'm like, I knew I forgot something. And uh, that was it. But to be honest with you, it's not that hard to figure out what he would say because he said it a bunch of times on Fox News and Newsmax and a ton of other podcasts and shows. He basically said, as Secretary of State, he saw enough credible evidence in the beginning of 2020, in March of 2020, to to suggest that a full-on investigation needed to be had about that lab in in Wuhan. And he was convinced that uh, that's where it originated from. The question only became, was it intentional or was it accidental? And now that we've seen more video come out about the lab uh, in Wuhan and some of the careless practices of their staff... I guess accidental is still on the ta- still on the table. I don't know. Seems crazy, but um, still a good conversation. I'd like to know what you thought about it. Let us know. Comment. What else is going on? What else is everybody up to this summer? Let summer. Us know. I forgot that exists. My dad was telling me how whenever he got his uh, first job out of school because he worked in in school, but he uh, his first job out of when he was graduated from high school. He was like, uh, during um, the summer, he goes, so when, when is summer break? And they laughed at him. And I was like, that's hilarious. Summer that's break, yeah. No, Whoops. doesn't happen. Whoops. Bruce, Bruce Toman says, why am I terrified if at the second coming, the angels start singing, Jesus is a friend of mine? <laughs> We're not going to the good place. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Oh, man, I can't, ima- I can't get that out of my head. That's awkward. so funny. Imagine the angels descending from heaven, processing down no, uh, down toward no, the Valley of Jehoshaphat no. with all the souls and the instruments of the crucifixion of our Lord, carrying the, cru- the crucifix itself uh, down all the way to the Valley of Jehoshaphat, singing all together in unison. Jesus is a friend of mine. 
No. Imagine it. No. Imagine that. No. I wonder where they are now. We need an update. Who? The band. The band? Singing. You need an interview um, with the band. That <laughs> where video, are they now? That video is, is insane. Okay. I, you should not Beautiful. watch that video. Whatever you do, if you've never seen the video, please don't do it to yourself. It, it'll ruin the rest of your life. Uh, so please don't do that. Buddy, I've done my best. Buddy Kane. Uh, Kanan, Buddy Kanan says, can you ask your expert on sex trafficking about rent by the hour hotels? There is a bunch of these hotels on my side of town, and they are basically drug dens and brothels. Yes. True What's story. a rent by the hour? Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. You go to a hotel, and you can rent the room by the hour. Weird. No? no. <laughs> nefarious. That, that, that's, that's been around. <laughs> yeah. It's a very nefarious situation there, and that's very true. Um yeah, I, I, we're hoping to get Tim Ballard on. It didn't work out yesterday, unfortunately, but we're trying to get him back on. I would love to have him. He's been on my bucket list for a long time, so hopefully we'll, we'll get that done. Yeah, there was some miscommunication. He ended up trying to hop on the show during Bree Dale's show, Intersections. And, and I Bree was, was like, like, I'll interview him. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was like, who the heck is this guy trying to get into our, into our, uh, onto our show? And it's uh, funny. yeah, it was pretty funny. And so I spoke with his people afterwards, and they were like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I marked down his calendar Mountain Time six thirty, and not Central Time six thirty. Yeah. So uh, we he she she told me she would uh, talk to Tim and get back to me on having him back on, and maybe we'll do a pre-record so we could do a longer interview with him. Um, hopefully, I'm I'm hoping that we can do it this week. And then that'll air on Monday because we're not going to be here on Monday. Um, and then we'll release the full interview to our insiders. Yeah. Boy, look at the corruption that you have caused uh, these people, Adrian. You're totally responsible for this. They're Talk, welcome. Speaking of judgments, uh, David says, remember there is a 10-hour version of Jesus, a friend of mine. Oh, yeah. I was playing it Your earlier. co-conspirator to the corruption of others. It's beautiful. This is it's horrible to see. David, repent and be saved, my friend. Repent and be saved. Even Tammy recognizes and admits now the video cannot be unseen once seen. That's not a bad thing, though. This is a bad thing. This, this is a, a very, very bad thing. It's, you know, not everything that, it, that cannot be unseen is a, good, is a bad thing. You know, Jesus mm. says, blessed are you who has not seen but still believes. <laughs> so I believe it's still. <laughs> <laughs> Preach it, Janelle. Preach it. Interesting. Preach it. Interesting. <laughs> I feel like I should play uh, Ordain a Lady now. No. Uh-uh. What? I think, I think, no, don't do it. No, Lori says, no, no, I can't, no, I can't no, handle no. it. I can't handle it. Thou shalt not. Yes. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Jesus a friend of mine for 10 hours. Or, or ordain a lady. We can't do that either. Lori said, there is a watch company called Longinus, and uh, wasn't Ricardo, what? Wasn't Ric- Ricardo multiple Montalban? Montalban. Montalban. I, Lori, oh, I, you lost me, Lori. I have no, no, no. I have no <laughs> idea what you were trying to communicate there. There was a watch company called Longinus. Was it Ricardo? Wasn't Ricardo Montalban? The Wrath of Khan. Yes. The Wrath of Khan. You're asking. You're saying Wait, two what? things. That's what. It's, what's going <laughs> it on is. there? I'm sorry. I'm slow. I haven't only had I don't know 30, 40 ounces of coffee. I, I have a ways to go still. So yes, watch company named Longinus. Amen and. Ricardo Montalban was con, and he was an excellent con at that. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, it reminds me of Conga Line <laughs> going to a good place. 
<laughs> what Jesus' friend of mine reminds you of the conga line? I don't yeah. know. Jesus' friend of mine is done like in that ska style, right? Uh, fun story. The f- one of the first dates, not the first date, but one of the first dates I ever took my spouse on before we were married was to see the mighty, mighty Bostones up in Manchester, New Hampshire at uh, some, uh, some arena up there. I can't remember what like, it was. Is that like a band from the 30s? The mighty, mighty Bostones? Google it, dude. Go- put it on YouTube right now. We'll, uh, we'll, sh- we'll share this with the audience. Go to, go, to, uh, go to YouTube's and put in mighty, mighty Bostones. And we went to they. The whole band wore plaid suits, custom what? plaid suits. And you want me to play this? <laughs> well, only a portion. This it's got to be teaser. worse than ordaining a lady. <laughs> I don't know, my friend. I don't know. Uh, Josh Knoll says the song taught me that I can praise Jesus and listen to rock and roll at the same time. Uh, no. That song is going to lead many astray, my It'd friend. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Jesus what am I looking up it, I like Jesus. If Jesus won't do it, it won't get done. The, I like oh, that yeah, one too. Yeah. That was a nice one. Do it, do it, do it. Dude, oh, play it it's time. layering. Can't do this. Ow. <laughs> Ow. If God don't do it, it won't get done. That's kind of how I feel on this show. If God don't do it, trust me, it won't get done. You got to okay. tell me what I'm looking up again. I forgot already. The Mighty Mighty Bostones. The. Mighty, mighty boss, mighty mighty boss tones. Boss tones. If you've heard of the Not mighty the mighty, mighty boss tones, raise your hand. I want to know how, how many people have heard of the mighty mighty boss tones. Great band, she says. Mighty mighty boss tones. Yes. Okay. Lori's all over it today. Uh, wow. What song? Uh, well, they're they're, they're kind of a one hit wonder. All right, <laughs> so, <laughs> so bad in the plaid. That's not the one. I, I don't. I can't remember. It's been forty years or something. Twenty, twenty two, twenty three years. Nineteen ninety seven. The impression that I get. Yeah, play that one. Okay, see, let's see what okay. that sounds like. I don't even remember. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. I already know it. Uh, hopefully, this doesn't go bad. We're gonna. Everybody's gonna leave immediately. No. Ooh, Buddy Kane right. has her, uh, heard of them. The Mighty Mighty oh, Bostones. Oh yeah, yes. this is their. I one. love it. This is the signature song from okay. the Bostones right here. Okay. Let me see if I can share. Screen. So, this is the concert my wife and I went to, 1997. It was cold. I remember that night. We waited in line. It was cold. And uh, they had a great time that night. They all wore plaid suits. Because they were probably releasing their new song, oh, Bad yeah. and Plaid. Oh. And then uh, yes, I never heard did. of them again after this. <laughs> what is going on? Never had to knock on them. Though I got to say, that, that mic he's using there is pretty cool. Not going to lie. So this is like uh, this is like the ska style. And... Uh, Jesus' friend of mine has a, a flavor of this ska style. Do you Jesus really think might, so? Jesus, as a friend of mine, might have led to what inspired the Bostones to embrace the ska style. It's possible. I don't know. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm I still just say it's it Devo. It's, uh, I still say it's Devo. <clears throat> Devo? A oh, whip it? Whip it whip good? It. Yeah. How many people have seen, have heard of the song Devo? Well, whip it by <clears throat> Devo. How come, uh, why is it on our uh, after show, there's no conversations of, of substance, it's always conversations of pop culture? Gotta win the culture war. <clears throat> not by, not, not like this. <laughs> not, not like this. <laughs> not by the Devos <laughs> and the no. Bostones. Not like this. Yikes. Yeah, the mighty, mighty Bostones. 
speaking of of substance, I wanted to uh, bring up the the whole idea of like calling priests like Father Superior, that oh, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny because in the novitiate we would refer to each other often by our duties, and so we'd be like uh, Brother Gardener or Brother uh, Brother Sacristan, or they would so if if one of the priests was looking for us. And, you know, they, they don't remember everybody's names. They're like, okay. So instead, they're like, um, where's Brother Sacristan? We need to talk to Brother Sacristan. And it'd be like, oh, uh, you know, Brother Sacristan, not me. <laughs> even though, you know, it kind of was me. Not my job. And, but it was. And I was like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know where Brother Sacristan is. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but that's how they would refer to each other. And so if we're talking to one of the priests, it'd be uh, Father Superior, Father Prior, or uh, Father Novice Master. And so you have... Um, and so that's how they would address each other. I just thought that was an interesting factoid that I would wanted to bring up. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, the Black Pope, boy, probably Cindy probably felt like I don't think I can say that. Can I say that? The Seems kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> but that is in fact his nickname, the Black Pope. And you know, and uh, that's because of the struggle for a power and uh, sort of uh, influence within the church. The Jesuits at their height had tremendous influence, which is. Part of the reason why they they uh, they ended up garnering powerful enemies, and those enemies lobbied against them, and that's part of the reason why they were suppressed as an order. Yeah, they uh, had nations within nations. Yeah. So uh, the Black Pope, you know, unfortunately, I think the current Jesuit general. I'm not mistaken. It's been, I think, a year now or more. So I don't know if there's a new one. I don't really follow the Jesuits that carefully, but. Um, he he came out and said he didn't believe in the devil. Yep. Uh, I think it was, what, a year ago or so? Maybe yep, a year yep. and a half? I don't remember. Um, he, but that's uh, not good. That's, yeah, that's, that's usually a very bad sign of uh, a symptom of, e- of, of even worse things going on. So is uh, Saint Fran- I mean, um, Pope Francis uh, the black pope? No. No? No. He was never the general of the Jesuits. He was a, um, like a regional superior. I can't remember his title. But in Argentina, he was like their regional provincial or something like that. Yeah, before he was made a bishop. Once you become a bishop, you relinquish all obligations that you have to your community. And the reason for that is because you, as a bishop, you cannot be bound by authority of someone else except for the Roman pontiff. So it's very important that they um, renounce their vows to the community, even though many bishops and even popes who have been religious will retain their spirituality from their religious community and then often even retain their habit. Uh, like Cardinal O'Malley, he wears his Franciscan habit even though he's a bishop, even though he has he has no obligations to the Franciscan community anymore. He still retains the, um, the brown habit of the Franciscans. And the most famously, Pope Pius V, who basically originated the Pope wearing white, was a Dominican friar, and he uh, was wearing his Dominican habit as Pope, and that's how we get the Pope wearing white. So it's very interesting. Very interesting. Now, tomorrow on the show, the Gladtrads are going to be back. They were some of our earliest guests when we started the program last year. Um, So we're excited to have them back. Last year, we talked about sort of the trend of young people within the Catholic Church going traditional. And what was what about the traditional form of piety, the traditional form of the mass was was attractive to young Catholics, and they being young Catholics, so we, it was an interesting conversation. So we're we're glad to have them back. Is there anything particular we're going to talk to them about? Yes, sir. They are uh, so the the two of them, Pacheco. He got uh, married recently, so we're going to be talking about marriage uh, from a traditional Catholic perspective. Um, 
and uh, talk about. And then, um, and Rudy is uh, currently about to have his first child. And so they are, uh, so he's looking forward to that. So we're going to talk about fatherhood and marriage and family, that kind of thing. Wonderful. Praise be to God. So the Glad Trads and the Glad Trad podcast will be our guests tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Later in the week, we're going to have uh, Mr. James Bacon. No, wait. No, James. no, it's Bascom. Sorry. Okay, I was about to say. James Sorry. Bacon. I saw bacon and my mind went. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's bacon. hungry. Canadian bacon. Mmm. Mm. Maple bacon, you know, in New Hampshire, there was mm-hmm. uh, a, a, one of these uh, incredible, like yeah, they make uh, a lot of maple syrup in New Hampshire. It's one of the things. But there was this one particular uh, maple farm where they they served breakfast and people would wait an hour in line. How do we go from talking about Mr. James? And the bacon would be thick and juicy and mapley and oh, it was so good. And the pancakes were as big as your head, <clears throat> sometimes bigger, or as in my case, big as my ego. Man, they were so good. All right. Nothing to do with bacon on Thursday, but Mr. James Bascom is going to be on to talk about the Green Communist Revolution. And then Kendra Tierney is on about living liturgically, just like the Von Trapp family from Sound of Music. So full lineup this week. Very excited about that. Praise be to God. Hopefully you can join us tomorrow for the Glad Trads. We're very grateful to all of you for being a part of the CDT crew. Praise be to Jesus. Make sure you're on our email list. Like, subscribe to this uh, show on social media. And share. Please do share. Share, share, share. We need we need to get 4,000 watch hours on YouTube. You can help. Please watch a lot of content to get us there. God love you. God bless you. And we'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern.